The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie Clawson, Justin Hamilton is back. Hello, Justin. I hope I'm not like uh, the picture of Dorian Gray of Charlie Clawson. <laughs> like oh. I'm slowly falling apart in this attic and Charlie's getting more and more handsome. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we, I was about to say, I don't know if we've had anyone more handsome than Charlie on as a guest Charlie, but so we did handsome. have Ash Williams. He's Ash handsome. Williams pretty handsome. Like oh. it depends on your taste. Yeah, I'm more. It would come down to individual tastes, but like he's pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I wouldn't doubt that, but I am definitely all Clawson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Team Clawson. <laughs> the great thing about uh, we'd put out those t-shirts, but then I'd be disappointed about how they sold. Oh, I would be devastated. I mean, I've already got a podcast where we put out merch about him. Yep. Even though he hasn't been on it for a year, should I tell a story about someone that I shouldn't? Okay, go on. I once it's had. A safe, it's a safe space, Justin. People oh, that's know right. That. No, it's a safe space, except for those. Millions, <laughs> but uh, I know uh, a very popular comedy trio who oh, yeah. Doug Anthony All Stars exactly <laughs> who put out badges. Yeah, just as a little thing, <laughs> I can uh, safely say that one person who was in the middle was very happy that he sold the most. <laughs> oh, are you serious? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know that for a fact because he told me one night when he probably had his guard down and thought Hamilton's safe, and I was safe for ten years. Yeah. It's ten years. It's like I'm like the Warren Commission. Like I'm out there for everyone now. <laughs> One of them. I bet you would. I bought them all. I need to point that out. <laughs> um, I had those badges. They were great badges. Yeah. And I bought them all. Yeah, because you're a true fan. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> not just picking out one that you you think is better than the others. Yeah, I might have worn one more than the others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the trios that we've seen, who would you? Who would be your number if you only got to buy one badge from? And I and I. Uh, uh, any trio. Any trio. I like doesn't have to be Australian comedy. Okay. Well, so if you were from Tripod and just listening to that, don't panic. <laughs> we might not get there. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it would be Phil Nickel from Corking Cork the Juice Yeah, I would be I Phil. know Phil, which probably helps. Like, it does. I know Sean Cullen as well. They're my favourite musical trio of all time, even above the Doug and Theo stars yep. who are the most influential uh, musical trio on me because obviously when I first started doing comedy they inspired you know a lot of wanting to do comedy you didn't do support for them at any point did you for the Dugs no for for Corky and the Juice Pigs my first ever Australian comedy season I did right I did support for Corky and the Juice Pigs right at the uh, Prince Pat Hotel where the cheese shop was yes Dave Taranto rest in peace uh, Dave uh, arranged it for me got yep. me on to do the support for them and they used to set me a, a challenge every night right uh, which was the idea that I would have to do. So it might be a phrase yes. that I had to weave in. <laughs> yes. And they would sit up the back and they would watch me try to weave it in. And at this stage, I've got like 20 minutes of material max. Right. right? And I'm doing 20 minutes spot. Right. I was hoping you were doing 25. Yeah. <laughs> 
They were, they were always Look, my favourite I was doing 20 and I probably had 15, let's yes. be honest. And then every night I would have to weave in um, some phrase and as the festival went on, the <laughs> phrases got harder and harder. Yeah. So one night it was, uh, um, I like boobs but I'm really an ass man. Right. I had to say that 10 times without ever telling the audience why I was saying it because that was the trick. Right. And I'm doing a lot of write-on material then. I'm a young comedian, you know, Jeff Kennett's bad. And, yes. <laughs> and then I'm like, I like boobs and I'm really an ass man. And people are like, this is, this is all over the shop. <laughs> we don't know how to feel about this at all. <laughs> one night I had to fall over 10 times and not mention it. Wow. Yeah. I, like, you know, That's probably you... why my hips are so fucked. <laughs> I should sue those corky. motherfuckers. <laughs> I, can, I can own all those badges. Yeah. Oh, you'll own them. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I'll sue Corky, who's not a real person, and that's why I'll lose. Right. <laughs> that'll be the... Because it's the be... juice pigs who actually have all the money. A lot of people don't know that. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see the final speech. I want it to be like Injustice for All. <laughs> and I want you to be Al Pacino, and suddenly you realise uh, you're taking them all down. Yeah. That would be the best. Yeah. So that was, so it would be Phil Nichols. Phil Nichols, because I, I just like Phil, and I run into him all the time still, and I think he's one of the edgiest, weirdest, in-your-face comedians. And I think if you're going to have a badger someone, yes. probably Phil Nickel naked crawling across a room full of people like he did in his Naked Racist show. <laughs> I want a badge of that. <laughs> or I want a badge of him breaking his cock in Australia. <laughs> this is a true story. Do you know this? I do he know He broke this. his cock in Australia. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a bad thing to couldn't break. Couldn't leave the country. No, couldn't leave bed. <laughs> couldn't go on tour because he broke his cock. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine getting through that fax? That was back then. Right, you'd have to tell people by fax that you'd broken your cock. Stop, I've broken my cock. Stop. <laughs> Should no. have said stop a bit earlier. Literally stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks. Stop. The telegram was the exact replication of the actual conversation that happened. Yeah. I mean, how can you not have a badge of a man who broke his cock? Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine the rehabilitation? That's what I can't help but think about. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, well, just... you have to get the physio. Yeah. yeah. Got and you're it. laying in bed feeling sorry for yourself. I'm never going to I'm never gonna get an erection again. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to wank again. I'm never going to wank again. Come on, you'll wank. Ma- look, you know you'll what? You'll wank again. You know what we'll do is... We we'll, believe in you. We have a program. Yeah. Like, the first... We'll, just two minutes. Just two, two minutes. minutes. Even if it's feeling good, we don't yeah. want you to get no, ahead no, no, no. of rehabilitation. You can break something again. Yeah. So, just two. And then we'll monitor your minutes yeah. and we'll... Uh, we'll, we'll build do, you up. We'll build you up. This is Gareth. <laughs> He's get your it. physio. G'day. <laughs> Gareth enjoys his work. I'm right into it. And I just want to let you know that uh, I have a 98% hit rate of getting a cock right back to where it needs to be. Now, Gareth, how did you get into this area of speciality? Well, I wanted to be a podiatrist. <laughs> Just didn't have the marks. <laughs> I, no, I've, I've got a so bad... What, what else is left? <laughs> no, I've got a bad back and I can't look down. <laughs> so I looked up and that's what I could see. I had a lecturer who was like, I'll show you something else that's a foot long. Come on. My cock. <laughs> yeah. And so while I was there, I noticed there was something wrong with it. A few shakes later, yeah. back on track. You know, a lot of people lean to the left or the right. That's actually correctable. <laughs> yes, I can fix that. <laughs> You ever seen one of those people with those Harry Potter one cocks? Yeah. I can actually fix that. I can fix that. They have to come back every six weeks for an adjustment, but I can fix it. (laughs) The the great thing about being a penatrist is Mm. that... Is that, is that what it's called? A penatrist. Penatrist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's great. You sure it's not a copter? <laughs> that would be silly. <laughs> is there a copter on board? I mean, when somebody's been joining the Mile High Club, they go over some turbulence, yeah. they break their penis at 30,000 feet above air, suddenly 
Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, but uh, we have a mid-air emergency. Uh, do we have a cocktail on board? <laughs> from, from the back, you hear Gareth. G'day. Yeah. I'm a phenotrist, but it's basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. What is it? It's three- like osteos and physios. Yeah. They're kind of in the same field. Same field. Uh, three, three more years of uni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> Some guy's driving a cab. I was a cocktail in my own country. <laughs> yeah. My qualifications don't work here. I was a respected penitrist. Now I'm driving a cab in your country. How much? No, I don't like cricket. Don't bring it up. <laughs> I'm furious. By the way, uh, have you uh, have you been a big fan of Cock to Who? <laughs> oh, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> There's your title. There's my title. Cock to Who? Cock to Who? A penis. Goes travelling through time. Yeah. Just uh, fixing fixing people moving to the left and the right because it could still be historical. Oh, right. It could still be on other planets. Imagine on another planet where this person really needs to have his penis fixed and for the life of the cockter, he can't work out the, where the, it is. The cockter turns up at the John Wayne Bobbitt. Yeah. <laughs> In another hilarious episode of Doctor Who. You know what that is? That's not even the whole episode. That's just the bit at the start where you see him with his conic suit screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) And he's fixing Bobbitt's penis. He says, all right, now I've got to go. And remember, be nicer to the ladies. And then he's off on the proper adventure. That's that's how big Doctor Who is. That's just a small story. There was a lot of debate on the internet, I know, uh, during his last regeneration, that some people wanted a black Doctor. Yeah, some people wanted a vagina. I don't think audiences were ready for that, to be honest. Like, I, I support it in principle. Oh, no, I'm into it. I mean, I, I think it was sexism on the internet where people were saying, mm, we could never have a vagina as a cockta. I think you could. I think you could. I'm not saying we couldn't. I just don't think people were ready for it. I don't it. think they were ready. No, not yet. For this jelly. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> could you imagine being a companion of the cockta? <laughs> Thank you, adjusting. For, thank you for adjusting my uh, penis back to its normal shape. Uh, thank you, Cockta. Oh, I'm not a Cockta. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's called Cockta Who. <laughs> I'm, I'm 41. <laughs> I feel like this should be a 10 minute podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's not getting any better. This podcast <laughs> is going to be like an episode. Of, it's going to be like Heroes. Yes. Few, we, we, or we, Prison Break. We went one season too many. A few episodes in, you'll be like, this is going to be the greatest show of all time. Yeah. It can only be disappointing from here on in. <laughs> when I start revealing the tattoos that I've put on myself to be able to get out of this room, you know it's gone too far. So uh, I, I'm going to tell you something that's disappointing. Oh, oh what? Uh so there was going to be an opportunity in Sydney where I was going to be hosting a function, which it looks like I'm not going to host anymore, but yeah. uh, uh, just through some timing issues. But um, Peter Dinklage was going to be Shut up. one of the guests at this thing. What, what? And I just was like, when I was excited, <laughs> like, can you imagine yes. if I was in a room working with Peter Dinklage and I could get him away in the corner and say, listen to hey, this. Check pitch him little bats. Check, check it out. A one kilogram Batman. <laughs> now, here's the... <laughs> I just get him in the corner 
And I just go, Peter. <laughs> I think I've got two words for you. Well, three words, but one of them's joined to- two of them are joined together. Right. You're Batman. Yes. And that's it. And he just fucking knows. Yeah. Now, the more I thought about that, the more I realised, because I reckon Peter Dinklage is Batman. Ever since we put out that episode, a lot of people have been going, yes. Yes. Peter Dinklage is Batman. Yes. But so now that it's actually a serious thing. Yeah. I, and I, you know, there's a possibility that I could meet Dinklage and pick, pitch him to him. Yes. I've, I started to think about it more seriously. Okay. And I feel like we have a couple of issues if we really want to get this across the line. Firstly is, <laughs> I just realised a couple of problem areas. <laughs> just some things that need some workshopping, you know? <laughs> Look, we love the script. We love the script. Peter Dinklage is Batman. We've got a couple of changes we want to make, and these yes. came from uh, listeners to the podcast, which yeah. I think are good suggestions. I was saying is Alfred uh, Hugh Grant, yeah. but someone suggested another Hugh, Hugh Laurie. I saw that just uh, recently. I think that was uh, Matty Andre. I, I thought that was a good idea. That's a good idea. Hugh yeah. Laurie would be a great Alfred. And or As he pointed out, not the house one. No. No, he wants him slightly foppish. Yeah, but I think he would be fantastic. He could definitely play it. Yeah. And the other one that someone suggested, which is a bit of a left turn, but I like nevertheless... Jason Statham. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, that is a very militant Alfred. Yeah, well, you know, the old sort of he's been in the war, Alfred. You know, the one who knows about... Jeff Johns has done this in, like, those Batman Earth 1 graphic novels where he's a gun-toting, tattooed motherfucker who's as good with a duster as he is with a flying thrower. (laughs) (laughs) I'd give that a spin-off show. (laughs) Statham is Alfred. <laughs> I kill ninety nine point nine percent of all germs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> While knocking back a thirty breaker. <laughs> Every year at fucking Christmas, <laughs> I go on a fucking holiday and I fucking neck a thirty breaker. <laughs> And then I go and break the neck of a hooker. I mean, uh, j- just let's just stop at the Freddy Pranker. <laughs> What's your name? My name's Alfred. When, uh, when I used to fight shit, like sometimes we'd just throw jewels out into the fucking forest and then we'd try and find these bandits. What happened? I burnt down the forest. Did I look for the jewels? What are you talking about? I'm Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> and introducing Jason Statham as Alfred the butler. Every story doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> He's so, so angry. I've seen a lot of your family die, Mr. Wayne. I mean, I killed three of them. <laughs> but they left the toilet seat up and I had yeah. told them. Yeah. Jason Statham is Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> Oh my God, he's he's going to be a good uh, he's going to be a good companion. Right, so we've got uh, Jason Statham as Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we only have two problems with the script. We we love what you do. Dinklage is interested, but there's two major issues that we see. Firstly, is the title. <laughs> like we understand that you pitched this as a serious film, right. and that you're not mocking him because of his height. Not at all. We think he's the best actor for the job. We can't call the movie Little Bats. But it's not. It's called Little Bats Begins. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> Does that bring us back from the edge? We're across the line. Or do we need to Do we need to give it... Maybe we do need to give it something a little bit better. Shadow of the Bat. Because he could literally represent a shadow of the bat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that one's out. Baby Bats? No. <laughs> baby Bats. Don't you flash your baby bats at me. What? <laughs> Uh, tiny Batman, you know, and you can get <laughs> Elton John to do the thing. The tiny Batman. 
<laughs> oh, that works out well because Tom Hardy's going to play Elton John in a bio called oh, uh, Rocket Man. I so, did see that. Yeah, so we can get Tom Hardy. As Tom Elton Hardy John from Bane to Elton John. To, to play, <laughs> to play uh, the version of uh, Hold Me Close to Tiny Bats. I like that. <laughs> um, oh, just hang on one second. We had to stop just for a second because I got a stomach cramp. Yeah. I think I was laughing too hard. <laughs> so It was the lack of breathing. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, so we've, we've given this, a script to, to Dinklage. Yeah. He loves it. Uh, we need to change the name. But if you're open to changing the name, then uh, then that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, we, we can work that together, but we're not allowed to call it Little Bats. No. He just feels like that is demeaning. Yeah. To an actor of his stature. Don't giggle at that. Why would you even why, use those Why words? did you giggle at that? I didn't. I mean, to a man who has gone to the heights in the industry, don't giggle at that. Why are you giggling at that? I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I mean, he towers over. Seriously, man, if you're going to be like this. Wow. This is awkward. He's sensitive about it is what I'm saying. Well, I don't know if he is, but I, as his agent and his representative, are very sensitive about it. Yeah, and you should be. That's your job. I mean, seriously. Hey, uh, the 15%, that's not a, <laughs> that is not a comment <laughs> No. on the percentage of his... Seriously. It's only... Anyway, look, let's move on. Uh, the last thing is that he thinks the idea of a tiny man dressed as a tiny bat. Like he loves your idea that people, you know, the prejudice idea that tiny right. Bruce Wayne and tiny Batman, but he just doesn't feel that in a city of that size, there won't be too much attention on him. Right. So he's got an idea. Yeah. What about if he steps into a normal size bat suit? Oh, I like it. But can just control it. From so, inside. Well, like, he's, he's like a Dalek. Like a Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking more like those robots in Pacific Rim. But either way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like that he gets inside yes. and he just drives. Yeah. The robot Batman. Yeah. That way he can take bullets. Right. You know, he can cop a bit more damage in a fight unless he gets punched in the tummy. He's basically in a Transformer. Yes. Oh, maybe... Maybe uh, the robotic Batman he gets into can also double as the Batpod. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it literally is a Transformer that then when it transforms, it's it's Dinklage sitting at the top, but it looks like uh, a, a, a full-length That is a great Batman. idea. Right. Right. So, it's a Transformer yep. Batmobile. I've got one word for okay. you. Okay. Merch. Merch. Oh, my God. How many kids are going to love that? Right. And they'll be able to relate. Do you know what I mean? Because if they could get that bat suit, they could be Batman as well. They won't even have to have tiny bat suits for... No. You can just have Dinklage size suits. Yes. Is that an insult about his height again? Not at all. Why are you bringing this up? I'm pointing out some facts. Okay. <laughs> so, that, I think we could get him across the line with those two modifications. We need a different name for the movie. Yeah. And if we put him in a giant bat suit. Although, yeah. or, oh, hang on. Will he find that offensive? No. Like, is that us saying that, you know, you're not big enough to fight... As a tiny bat. Maybe he'd be offended that, like, you know, he's a man. Maybe he could fight crime as a tiny bat and that's the positive message he wants to put out there. Maybe he gets into uh, a giant-sized Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so he can still fight Brilliant. Crime. Like, he gets the masculine side, still kicking goals. But the time when he's playing the fop, we're making a bit of a statement here. And it's a commentary on the tall people being idiots. Right. And... Right. Ah, oh, well done. We are making now. This mint. is like a District Nine sort of story. Yeah, something else going on. See, and this ties in right. with. Uh, I think we can still have the two love interests, with Pink being the one that he underestimates. Yeah. What did you say? Underestimates. He underestimates. You, no, because when he's are you playing, having a go at his height? No, another. Well, why do you keep bringing this up? Look, maybe you're gonna have to be a lot more careful when you're around him. Look, I plan on being nowhere near him. <laughs> 
I don't want to ruin this sweet deal that we're about to get together. But yeah. then, so when he's dating, uh, you know, he's trying to keep up appearances of dating, you know, the airhead mm. as as Bruce Wayne, and then you discover that Pink actually has a lot more to offer in life and is actually quite smart just because of her party girl ways. It kind of mimics a, a certain person's career, don't you think? Right. Madonna. And- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but then the other girl can have the robot. Right. Like there were like that's at the what? end of the movie, right? He gives her the robot Bruce Wayne. What? Well, how's he going to like hide his secret identity? Oh no, this is when he's happy at the end, right? Like oh, I like, mean, the end like of the few... third trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. When when Jason Statham's having a Fernie Branker, right? <laughs> and he sees, <laughs> and then the... he sees tiny Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Because that's how you know when yes. he can be tiny Bruce Wayne again. Yes. It, yeah, it's not he, about him getting sh- to stop being Batman anymore. No. It's about him getting to stop being big, tall Bruce, big Bruce Wayne. Big, big Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> he can get to stop being big Bruce. He right. finally wants to be imagine, stop being big Bruce. Imagine that last shot. It's him. It's uh, Jason Statham. He looks up. He notices. He blinks. It goes to the other POV and the camera's there and it's just an empty chair and then it looks down and there's Pete. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a beautiful scene. It says so much. And so little. Why did you say little? <laughs> Why was that brought up? <laughs> we'll never be able to introduce him to Tommy Little. I'll feel so awkward. So, uh, I've missed that opportunity, unfortunately. That was that was a bit disappointing. There'll be another opportunity. Like, this isn't... An, like, they've, they've got to get through... Look, let's hope that the internet is correct and Ben Affleck as Batman is terrible because what that uh, the, with uh, Superman because what will happen is uh, they don't have anything else and so they're going to have to just raise that franchise to the ground and then they're going to have to have something in quick turnaround. Here's a, here's another thing that I might throw at you with this idea. Mm-hmm. I reckon this idea can be even grittier and it's an HBO series. Oh. Yeah, that's good, actually. Right. We can explore the themes. Right, because Dinklage also already has a relationship with HBO. Right. They'd love to get a spin-off series yep. for Dinklage, like his own series, because he's so good on Game of Thrones, right? Yep. So that network and would be off. They, like, if we came in and said, we've got like a, a Peter Dinklage, yeah. like, pro- they would love that. They'd buy that. There's no guarantee. It's called Little in- Bats. How are you about the name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> but an HBO series, imagine that running for five seasons. We get David Simon to be the head writer. Yeah. Imagine that. All what? those characters, all that you go back and forth between the superhero and the police in the first season, and then it'll be the superhero and the docs. And the thing that I always think that they miss out on, you know, as I said the other day in those Batman films, is enough of you know, Bruce Wayne being like, you know, yeah. cool and charming and idiotic. And, yeah. you know, the best thing about the Iron Man films, and I know that you didn't really enjoy Iron Man 3, but I would at some stage say rewatch that because I reckon. Yeah. My, I reckon Iron Man 3 is almost like the opposite of The Avengers. The right. Avengers is that like a movie that the first time I saw it, I fucking loved it. And the second time I saw it, I still really loved it. Yeah. And I, I just don't... Like, I watch bits and pieces of it now, but I would never sit there and watch the whole thing now. Like, I, yeah. I feel it has diminishing returns for me. Yeah. Whereas Iron Man 3, I've caught a couple of times on planes and stuff, you know, particularly like watching 45 minutes of it when you're about to land and you don't have time for another new movie. Yeah. And there's so much going on in that that I think that you would end up enjoying. Give it another I feel crack. like it, yeah. I also feel like it's better seen on the small screen. I know that's a weird thing to right. say. But the bits of it that are great come out, you know, in the small screen, the writing and the jokes and those sort yeah. of things, you know, and there's less focus on that. But I think there'd be plenty of room for that side of, you know, Bruce Wayne. And we've seen that, like, you know, Dinklage can play that in Game of Thrones and yeah. in a bunch of other things. But... 
Can you imagine like imagine the more scenes- comedy you could have oh. with like Bruce Wayne being? Oh. Imagine more scenes of him with the the Russian dance troupe that he takes on the boat. Right, that could be a whole a whole episode in in our wire esque little bats. HBO and the other series. thing is that it's not even like weird that he's having sex with all these women for his cover story no. because he's banging them with a robot. Is that weird? No, Maybe that's slightly weird. No, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's not a mechanical one. It's like it's the new. It's the, it's a bat synthesis. Oh, it's from yeah, it's from applied sciences. It's from applied sciences. <laughs> I think you might be interested in this, Mister Dinklage. <laughs> Does it come in a seven and a half? <laughs> we might need to consult a cocter. <laughs> oh, it's a crossover. <laughs> This is how we do Cocktail Who and Little Bats, the HBO series, as a crossover. When you see the 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 Little Bats edition of it, it's it's just like the the Cocktail is just this kind of slightly manic uh, guy that helps him out with an adventure. Yeah. And then when you see it from Cocktail Who, it's more a sci-fi story where Little Bats is the person helping him out, but it's from a scientific point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't they don't even they don't even cross genres. I feel like it's going to get harder. It's going to be harder to get Cocktail Who across the lot, and then it is Little Bats. I, I reckon you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even worked out who the Cocktail is yet, and that's the main thing. Well, I guess it is. Like, I mean, the Cocktail just needs. I mean, I would have thought much like Doctor Who. You want the Cocktail to be someone that you're happy to be, you know, fiddling around with your junk. Yeah. I mean, because that's integral to the story. So they have to be vaguely asexual. Yes. You know, that's a really good point. Because you know, you don't. Well, that that. Means a lot of English are up for this role. Yeah. <laughs> so someone English. Someone English. <laughs> We've only limited it to heaps. <laughs> Is this part for an? And a guy goes into an audition in LA. It's all people he's met in his own country. He's going. Is this part for an English person? It didn't say. Oh no, no, asexual. <laughs> an asexual person. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> so have they. You know, uh, I'm not saying this is the one that we have at the moment, mm-hmm. but at one point, I reckon Stuart Lee was the cocter. Stuart Lee would have been a great cocter. He would have been great. He would have Mate, been. Well, when we just do a flashback episode, because yeah. I don't want this to be the first uh, iteration of the cocter. No. Like the cocter's got, we can't just invent the cocter and go, oh, he will regenerate and there'll be all these things happening. No. He's got to have had a past already. He's already You've had got to know what the cocter's haunted by. Yeah. Why? What drives the cocter yeah. to go through space and time fiddling with people's junk? Right. Like, I mean, there's got to be a story behind that. And so I, I think Stuart Lee could be a past, an old cocter. Oh, he's, you know who he is? He's the one that's just had to deal with the, uh, his version of the time war, which is the Jerry Springer uh, oh, yeah. been cancelled and this is the one that's kind of battle scarred from that and making a comeback oh, I thought you were going to say he's had to deal with the fact that uh, Jerry Springer was on television and lots of people had cock injuries right as a res- direct result of that show so that was that's the meta commentary yeah. on uh, the Stuart no Lee. I think he could definitely be a cockter he'd be a yeah, good cockter he'd be really good and then you want like an old like uh, who'd be good um, I reckon Bill Oddie Oh, Bill Oddie. Yeah, Bill Oddie. Oh, I reckon he was the first one. From the goodies? One. When they weren't too certain what the cockta was about. Yeah, the original cockta. Yeah, but he'd be good in the junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> Works on many levels, if you know your Doctor Who history, kids. <laughs> Always referred to it as, uh, let me have a look at your goodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so that, but there would be some adventures. I say, it was a bit silly to begin with, but then after a while, uh, the, the, the turning point was uh, when he came up against the Silurians. <laughs> And either we saw a more aggressive side to the Bill Oddie's cockta. Yeah. So, yeah. This is, that was the one where he went around hurting people's cocks to put them out of commission. And they went, oh, that's dark. Oh, he was bashing them in the cock. Yeah, he was punching them in the cock. <laughs> oh, my God, the cockta went dark. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. It's a good idea. 
<laughs> so little bats and cock to who you got anything else you want to pitch to the networks oh man any, uh, any other ideas bat- rattling around in your head oh there's so 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 many ideas it it would be nice to get down with the kids and uh and what do you mean well you know like something that appeals to like there's so many good tv series that appeal to the older gentleman we'd like to appeal to the younger gentleman oh, and yeah. something that so what do you mean how much younger uh, you know, like teenage, uh, like 15 to 23. Give That's- me an example of a show in previous generations that you would say is pitched at that market. Uh, <laughs> well, I reckon, uh, you know, Chips. I reckon Chips was uh, pitched. The, t- the TV show Chips. With Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox. Okay, sure. That, but everyone could watch it. I don't want everyone not to be able to watch it, but I reckon kids would have wanted, they went back then wanted to be cops on What motorbikes. about Smallville? Smallville, yeah, that's for the more uh, uh, emotional 15 to 23 year What about Buffy's Buffy a teen show or is that an adult show? Yeah, like, no, no, that's a teen show that can be enjoyed by, by adults. What about Veronica Mars? That's definitely a, a show for people who should know better and they're not teenagers <laughs> anymore. Yeah, and they, that's they, when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> anyway, here's my idea. We get Sean Ryan from The Shield and we get Eminem and we do Rap Cop. Rap Cop? Yeah. Because he's a he's a rapper. Yeah, but also a cop. Oh, have I pitched this already? <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. I thought this was a whole new idea. <laughs> rap cop. They've got a rap sheet as long as their rap sheet. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is all good. And imagine he like he's going undercover. It's like wise guy. Right. He's undercover in the rap world and he's a cop trying to bring down the people that are, you know, dissing him. I just love the idea that on the poster, one of them's got a gun pointed out and the other one's like, yeah, pointed at him, you know, in that sort of two guns sort of way. Like, you yeah. know, they're both at each other's head. One of them's got a gun, but the other one's just got a microphone. Yeah. And he's just saying, stop or I'll spit. Yes. Yes. Rap cop, <laughs> and I reckon uh, I reckon the picture of Eminem in the middle is uh, like it's from about the the chest up, and the outline of the cop and the outline of the uh, of the rapper on on either side of him that makes the one shadow is all shadow, and it's red with that shadow with Eminem holding a mic, pointing, saying that they bust the beats while walking the beat. Rap cop, rap cop. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> it is so good. Imagine him undercover and like he's like he's had he's had the shits and he's being poisoned or something, and he has to go to this big fucking concert and he's up against the big guy and he's sweating and he's starting to think about his mum's spaghetti and then suddenly it's like booyah! He brings out the rap and busts them as a cop. Yeah, rap cop. Rap cop. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting crime and busting rhyme. Rap cop. <laughs> my god, who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see that? Always button heads with the police of uh, chief. Of, yeah. Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen is the guy who put him under. Kind of playing off his old, uh, uh, you know, that one, the departed <laughs> role. <laughs> I do know that one. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine it's Martin Sheen who he has to meet with. Yeah, all the time. I like it. Rap yeah. cop. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Gosh, we got to get a possible started. <laughs> <laughs> for rap cop. <laughs> for, for all three. Look, we've got three movies, we've got three TV show ideas. Yeah. We only need whichever one we get the most money for, we'll make. Yes. <laughs> if you if you donate one hundred and thirty million, you not only get all three pilots, but there's a distinct possibility you get to hang out with us forever. <laughs> Did you see that? Was it Jeffrey Katzenberg who who uh, offered 
the Breaking oh, Bad people yes. like an outrageous S- amount of money. What was to, it? Was it seventy five million for eight more episodes? Eight more, yeah, or well, not even eight more. Or was six, it or six more or something? Yeah, you know I love about. It'd that. be good to be rich enough though to go. This is my favorite show, and I am going to just like pay them to keep making it. What would you do? What would, you get one show? You get the. And, and and you know when you pay for it, do you have any input, or do you just you, it's just your coin and you get a thank you? Jesus, I mean, and, and you get an Emmy if you win. Well, I feel like if they come around to your house, yeah, just to do it, you can you can, can contribute to storylines. Yep. But I think no, otherwise you've just got to let them do what they yeah are going to do. What I I would <laughs> this is such a weird one to say, but most of the shows that I like, yep, finished right. I would like them to make another series of Alcatraz. (laughs) (laughs) Because all those guys disappeared for some reason. Right. And then they were all coming back one by one. And you don't know why. But we just got six into 30 or whatever it was. And now I've got no fucking idea why they disappeared or they were coming back. And this is haunting you. Well, it's not haunting me, but... You think about it. I mean, if I had some spare cash and I could get them to keep making something, I'd just just resolve this. Just resolve this. How many episodes? Oh, well, they still had another 20 people or something to come back. Right. But well, you could do two an episode. Let's not fucking linger. Yeah, so like some maybe even three. Right. But let's, yeah, another 10 episodes should wrap it all up. Right. You got you got 10. Yeah. And that gives just you all it. up 13. That's a good... That's a good... Well, you know what? With, with that in mind... Uh, I will uh, see that and I will raise it a Carnivale. Oh, yeah, that was certainly... No, yeah. Oh, you know what would be hard, I like that show too. I uh, really enjoy Carnivale. Good. And they were going to do uh, two more uh, big seasons of two seasons each and it was going to jump 20 years and then another 20. Like, could you imagine the carnival in the 70s? Yeah. Don't you feel denied yep. that we do not get to see that? Deadwood. Oh, that was the they, other one. Because they, I mean, they kind of wrapped it up, but they didn't really wrap it up. When he was writing that, oh, two things. One is when he was uh, writing that last uh, last episode, he knew that there was a distinct possibility that they weren't coming back, and so figured it was kind of a good way to to end. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong; I would rather have had a season, uh, an extra season. But um, here's something oh, I didn't know this. He was getting to a point where he was barely writing scripts. Like he what do you would, mean? Like, the, he wasn't writing the scripts in advance. He'd get there in the morning, they'd kind of work out what scene they need, and then he'd kind of work out the script that way. And that's how good those actors were. Like, I already thought they were brilliant, but they weren't getting those scripts and having a month to work out how to use that beautiful language. They were getting it that morning. Is that insane? Seems a bit insane. Like, no, like, literally. <laughs> but that's how, that's, uh, it's Milch, isn't it? That's how we were starting to work on NYPD Blue. And and, and, and that's uh, where uh, Jimmy Smith just said, I like this guy, but I can't work like this anymore. And that's why Bobby Simone just shuffled off this mortal coil. God Spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't caught up on NYPD Blue, well, guess what? Here's some other spoilers. Sipowitz, not as mean-spirited as he seems early on. Heart of gold to go with those short sleeves and tie. <laughs> He could be in Little Bats. Oh, Sipowitz. I'd love to someone to give Dennis Franz a gritty reboot. Like, give him a chance back at the title. He's good, Franz. Like, he's a good actor. Hey, people forget that when he did all of that, he wasn't, uh, like, that was not the done thing. That role could have been the death of his career because that was not seen on... um, on free-to-air television at that point, you know? And he was a precursor to 
getting the Sopranos, uh, Tony Sopranos, etc. But you know what they do now is with with Sipowitz, they they kind of softened him. Yeah. Eventually, but the the, the le- from the next step up is the Tony Soprano, who was a fucking hard motherfucker all the way through it. But then now they've gone up a next step again in some shows, and there's no heart, and I'm not sure that people are going to enjoy those shows as much. I agree, the, and the, and some of those shows are are bombing very quickly. Uh, they tried to that there was that show on FX that they were hoping uh, no on AMC that they were hoping would uh, fill the void of uh, Breaking Bad with Mark Strong as a you know a bit of an off cop kind of thing and people just went ah well, he's just not very nice no I can't what we've seen that guy well, that's the ma- that's the majesty of the Shield yeah. is that in the first episode of that show yeah. And I actually won't give this away because if you've never seen The Shield, this is actually almost more important than what happens in the final scene I of that show. Totally. But at the end of that first episode, there is a moment that defines everything else that goes on. But it also, more definitely than any TV show I've ever seen, says the guy that we're going to try to make you barry for and follow is a bad dude. And there is no way that you can argue with that. He's horrific. And you know, for uh, I don't know how you'd feel. And about then they managed to make you like him, or at right. least side with him a lot of the time over that journey. Until you have moments of going, "What am I doing? Who am I?" And so you know, the uh, I was reading Alan Sepinwall's book of uh, uh, about great shows, and he said something, and I'd never thought of this before, but I agree totally that out of all the shows he talked about, from The Sopranos to Lost to uh, to uh, Battlestar Galactica, Friday Night Lights, all of those shows, yep. he said the thing that the last Friday Night Lights by the way is also excellent i always talk about all the time how much i've enjoyed friday night lights and it's a show that had better seasons than others oh yeah but fuck that last show that last episode it was like a proper soppy romantic but at the same time they still managed to have a moment there's a moment in that last episode where you believe a character is going to make a choice to do something that will make you go you will walk away and go oh he's going to do this right and they and at the end he doesn't really do it, but I I believed that he was going to do it. Right. And I went, well, that'll do. Yeah. And that's better. It's the same with the Dark Knight uh, Rises ending. Yeah. I love the idea that they gave us a moment where Batman was dead. But yeah. I, did, I didn't want Batman to be dead. I didn't either. I, I, Thank you for giving me the moment. I enjoyed the, the 11 minutes of melancholy. Right. But I really appreciated that 15 seconds of heart-pumping fucking yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, the Shield is possibly the only show that its best season is its last season. Do you agree with that? I think Breaking Bad, its best season, it's probably its last season. Oh, well, this was written before Breaking Bad yep. and Mad Men was the other show that hadn't finished that he talked about. Um, but... But yeah, I know what you mean. Like, right. you know, where they, like, it really went out on a... A fucking high. It's like it was as good as it had ever been. It, it's, its reputation is enhanced by its last season. Yep. And that's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. Some shows benefit from being told when they're finishing, though. And that's a, yeah. that was the thing with Breaking Bad and even the thing with Lost. Yeah. Is that they got to complete the stories. Yes. Like, that would have driven me mental if, like, they didn't... Oh, I like, imagine canned. if Lost got canned. Remember, we were during... I uh, actually would start that possible. That would... Uh, and Kickstarter. <laughs> we'll hit as many countries as possible. Whatever it is, I would raise money and I would hire all those actors and I would complete that story. You know how far... I would source fan fiction. <laughs> you know how Firefly are uh, the brown shirts? Oh, yep. no. Yeah. Oh, is it the brown shirts? No, it's the brown trench coat brigade. Oh, well, anyway, whatever. big fan. Yeah. Uh, what, was your, what would your Lost <laughs> followers be called? What would they uh, be referred to? Oh, the people who, like, you know... Helping you get possible and right. Kickstarter up. 
Um, Turn up to conventions. They would be uh, Islanders. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Like, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, oh, <laughs> and they would only be able to be from the Pacific Islands. <laughs> right. Well, there, t- there goes my, my suggestion of adding Smokey. <laughs> I was about to do that. I thought maybe I'll leave that out. Um, yeah, so I, th- I I think that um, there's not too many shows. I, I I remember when I was younger, like you know, there'd sometimes be the ending to something that I mean, I'd like a proper X Files ending, but I think they've fucked that so badly that you know, oh. yeah. Is there anything they can do to? I mean, that's a show that was definitely like it just. I mean, I kept watching it, and there were still bits of it that I really enjoyed. But it, there was a point where that could have. If they'd known how to end a show properly. Yeah. But once again, it was before you, anyone even thought about right. creating shows that would end. Yeah. And so... It, They're like, someone wants us to keep doing this? We'll just keep doing well, it. That's what you do. And uh, yeah, I watched every episode and the two movies and, you know, that last movie was frustrating because it was so... It actually was exciting to see them back and I was really into it. And then it's like, why did you give us an episode of the week where I would probably have... At the end of it, gone. Oh yeah, that was all right. And then yeah, eating a snack. I agree. Like you've had this opportunity to bring it back to the big screen. This should have been your Wrath of Khan. Right. This should have been your Empire Strikes Back. This was the perfect time to go. Hey, what about this? It should have been so good that we may have been seeing a new series of the X Files. They could have done. <laughs> you you know? know what they could do now is reboot it with like a, as in like with Mulder and Scully still existing in that universe. Right. But they're both. You know, you go with whatever stories you want to have happened to them. Right. But essentially, they're both out of what they're doing. Yep. You know, because of the frustrations and the, yep. you know, the toll that it took on their lives. And, I mean, you know, their relationship's not good. And, you know, they're both sort of, you know, out in the world. And then they have to be brought back to kind of mentor or, like, you know, they're brought back into the web of, like, a new young investigator who opened some case that only they knew about or, you know, and so you link it to the original season through like a yeah. conspiracy or a link or whatever, but you kind of involve them in it, but you kind of reboot it with younger people as well. You know what it is? The first season. Oh, no, maybe the pilot. The pilot is Mulder and Scully on the run, some South uh, South American place, and they've got these two, a young guy and a young girl who are after them from the CIA, and the whole episode is, are these young kids going to catch them? And blah, blah, blah. Mulder and Scully are too smart for them, set a trap to find out what's going on and what happens is these people aren't after them for bad reasons they're after them because they need their help yeah and that's and that's how the pilot finishes yeah and they're the only people who can help they're the only because people they're outside the system now yeah so it's like an x-files that combines them kind of working outside the system yeah with the guys who are in the inside still having the access to the kind of like person of interest is or whatever yeah. in some way where you've got the kind of the cop working with the people on the outside. Yeah. And then what you do is is you uh, you concentrate on the new kids when once the baton has been passed over and they're now across between the lone gunman at uh, the older uh, Scully and Mulder are across between the lone gunman and Spock in the new JJ Abrams movies who pops up now and again just to help out with a bit of exposition. <laughs> Exposition guy. That's what Mulder and Scully are reduced to, but you'd be so excited with every episode that they turned up. Well, you can imagine Mulder being like, you know, playing the part of like the cigarette man, you know, sort of yeah. thing. Like as in he's that's what he's become. He's become this old sort of, you know, sort of slightly cynical but still wants to help. Yeah, somewhere between Deep Throat and the Cigarette Man yeah. sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And then that a bit that- crazy. Like a bit like, you know, you know, li- really a little bit kind of unhinged, bit but loopy. in a good way. Not in like a hammy sort of mad scientist way, but like... No. 
It would be so good. You bring back uh, uh, bring back uh, Darren Morgan to write an episode. That would be really important in that first season. He wrote Humbug and... Uh, I don't think we're getting any of the old crew involved. Fuck no, them. we're not getting Darren Morgan? Nah, fuck them. All right. We've moved on. You- it's our idea. Oh, yeah? No, that's true. <laughs> fuck. What the fuck are we getting these old hacks? That they couldn't a- finish their fucking show last time around. We'll what, finish giving them another shot at the title. They didn't. Have, they weren't even smart enough to come up with this idea. Yeah, and this is it. We just came off, up with this off the top of our heads, and it's clearly an awesome idea. It's a great idea. And so, fuck anyone who didn't think of that. I'll be honest. We're I can't only, wait to see this pilot. We're only employing babies because <laughs> <laughs> anyone else who didn't come up with this idea does not deserve to work on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody. I'm not even letting Jakovny back. <laughs> so we've got to be raise some babies to be awesome science fiction writers, and we can get this on air in about I don't know. Like I'm going to say the year 2020. Yeah, when kids, the babies are old enough to write. Kids when our smart. sweatshop babies <laughs> that we've raised to be X Files writers. <laughs> and you know what we'll do? We'll write that into the story. Right. Oh yeah, it'll be like uh, no one. Will, no one will know until well after our oh. deaths that not only was the show popular and a massive hit and important to the Zeke guys, it was also a confession. Oh, it's a show about a show. <laughs> No one finds out until after. Man, between that and my my desire to reboot Dexter, fuck, man, we could really fix the world. All right, we uh, we need to finish up because oh, you've, got, you've yes. got to go and get a bus. Oh, yeah. So it's a bit of a short episode today, but I think, gee, we packed it in. There was heaps. I mean, come on, guys. Like heaps of TV shows. I mean, what do you want? It's, I don't know why I'm answering imaginary complaints. I don't know. Often at the end of the episode, I answer imaginary complaints. Yeah. I don't really know why. If you want to uh, listen, uh, sorry, give us feedback on the podcast, um, positive only. It's free. Yeah. Um, uh, leave a review on iTunes. That keeps us up near the top of the charts. My other podcast that I've only done one of once that doesn't even have theme music went to number one on the iTunes charts and I should not sound resentful about that and I'm not and I thank everybody who listened to it it's called Willosophy and my first guest is Todd Sampson you can check it out however this fucking podcast that I've done 200 episodes has never gone to number one because that stupid system iTunes has where a new podcast anyway it's an algorithm and it's about new subscribers and people leaving comments so my point is leave some nice comments (laughs) But you, you turned into the youngest old man I've ever met. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was like, so funny. I'm like grumpy about success. <laughs> so grumpy. I'm furious at being number one for the wrong reason. Uh, I'm going to put this up. Uh, I, I've got trial shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. I will still have some of them to go. They're completely improvised uh, trial shows. <laughs> Ramona's coming to trash the joint. She's had enough. <laughs> Just to finish. She's like, rock and roll. She was hitting the, the bowls like a guy in prison hitting the bars. Like, time for you guys to fucking wrap this shit up. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, when, when you when you rate this episode, could you say uh, at some point that it's the most fun you've heard listening to two men wheezing? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> and when I said it was a short episode, that was not a comment about Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Why and would anyone who thought of that? Positive comments. Only positive comments, guys. Uh, you can uh, If you like any of the quotes from the show and you want to put them up on the internet, there's uh, Tofop quotes on Tumblr and Tofop quotes on Twitter. Neither are run by me, but... Uh, both lots of people who do them do such a great job. So uh, please help out by uh, posting your quotes and tagging them Tofop quotes. Um, and uh, Justin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me at Can You Take This Photo, please. Uh, I've never even thought to ask people to write nice things or rate it, but I would be into that as well. I actually should pick up some skills here. Uh, I don't you- know. Maybe people don't like it when I say that. Oh. You're begging, but you know what? Fuck. Come on. No, I could do with some more listeners. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. No. No. Like, I'm not asking you to give me a dollar. Just no. put a nice comment on iTunes. 
Great. Or if you made it this far and you don't like the podcast, have a look at yourself. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> we gave you cock to who and little bats and rap cop. And a, a gritty reboot of the X-Files. What do you people fucking want? Oh, my God. I mean, this is an episode where rap cop got buried in the middle. <laughs> yes. That could be its own three episodes normally. <laughs> rap cop. That idea would get me through a month. Oh, We've just thrown it away in the middle. I barely remember it. Uh, so... Uh, Oh, oh yeah, so uh, you people can, can find you on the. So internet. you can find me on uh, that podcast. Can you take this photo, please? Uh, where I interview comedians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, you can check out my blog, which is at justinhamilton.com.au, where I'm covering every gig I do this year. And <laughs> dude did, yeah. and <laughs> every gig, every gig you dudes. Yeah, I, I ja- you're just a dude. I, you I, dude gigs now. I, I jazz it up. You do them. <laughs> I do do them. I'm sure people are glad for this extra bit. We've banged on. <laughs> just, just when you were thinking, oh, I'm so disappointed. It's a bit short. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton's brought out a doo doo doo. Swedish for I'm not sure how this finishes. And uh, I'll be doing shows at the shelf, uh, which you can buy tickets will you for. Do be doing shows I, will at the be, shelf? I will be jazzing it up on stage uh, at the shelf. Uh, you can buy tickets for that at the Toffin Town. Makes sense, especially if I'm bringing out the duty. And I'll be doing a solo show at the Sydney uh, Comedy Store on the 29th of November. You can get tickets. That through the comedy store. Um, <laughs> I forgot to mention that I'm in Denver, Colorado uh, for a week at Christmas and New Year's. So if there's anyone uh, who knows anyone in Denver, Colorado, was around oh. the Denver, Colorado area, I'm spending my Christmas oh. and New Year in your town. So please come out and say good day. We'll talk to you soon. Ramona, say goodbye. She's not good on mic. She's, she's intimidated by the mic. She, she's she's having a bark. Always up for a chat. Yeah, and then, and then you, you put, put a, a microphone in front of her face. Hang oh on. Come God. on, Mana. <laughs> Nothing. Seriously. <laughs> How are we going to start our dog cast? It's like, it's like saying to a 55-year-old lady, can I just take your photo? Yeah. <laughs> Freaks out. Yeah. Ramona, one more chance. Come on. Say goodbye. <laughs>